Hello, hello. Welcome to the Food Complex, the podcast where we marry culture, food, history, all into one lump sum dish. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm Marco. Hit that intro music. Hello and good morning, Marco. How are you? I'm feeling great. It's a beautiful morning here on Long Beach. A little bit of rain. It's nice. It's a nice change of pace, yeah, honestly. Not as hot. I'm not as sweaty as I usually am. I'm still pretty sweaty. I'm just I'm just a hot, hot human being. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Just been uh, eating and reading about food and just hanging out, living yeah, life. That's all my life is about, too. What did you enjoy eating this week, sir? This week... Um, I and my, I may have talked about this in the past, but maybe not. I had a, a coconut milk, um, chicken, coconut milk and lime chicken dish, and it was phenomenal. Uh, I've never made the chicken this well before, but what you do is you um, you put flour and parsley on the chicken, and you. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what I'm saying. You flour the chicken, Mm -hmm. and then you sear the chicken for three to four minutes on each side, get a nice brown, and while that's going, you you mix coconut milk, lime juice, a little bit of sugar in a a bowl, and then you, once the chicken is seared, you pour that in, and and then you throw it in the oven for 15 minutes. It's an interesting flavor combo. I mean, coconut lime, obviously, classic. It's... it's a sweet and savory, huh? Yes, it's delicious. And we also, we like to add a little bit of mushrooms just for add, to bump up that savory a little bit because I'm not a big coconut fan mm. um, and I'm not a big sweet and savory fan, if, if, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, but it's, and you pour it over, you do it over rice and it's literally, it's delicious. And the, the chicken, I was having trouble getting that sear of the brown going uh, because I think my, my Dutch, I think it's called a Dutch pot, the, the big red pots. That, that you could throw in the oven. Oh, yeah. The different colored pots. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't searing very well because I was trying to stick my hand on the chicken a little bit and push it down, but it wasn't hot enough. Uh, so I don't think I cooked it enough beforehand, but I think that paid off in the end because after the oven, you wait till it's 165 degrees, which is proper um, chicken degree internal temperature. And uh, this thing was so freaking moist. It was crazy. It was tearing apart like as if it was from a, a, a crock pot. Wow. It sounds like it's got like a nice just depth of flavor mm-hmm. with it. And because it's simmering and I almost yes. like, that, like that, their juices. Yes. Do you serve it over rice or just have it by yes, itself? Yes, over rice. A um, little bit of brown rice. And I've been adding. Uh, I did that thing that you told me actually with the bay leaf. Mm-hmm. And it was good. Oh, really? Yeah. It was actually, it wasn't a lot of flavor. I might have used a too old of a bay leaf. But uh, this time I used. Um, you know, normal water and rice, but then I added a chicken bouillon thing. Use chicken stock next time, and it will also bump it up too. Yeah, but chicken yeah. bouillon cube is a it good was, choice. It was good. Um, yeah, oh, the, it was just flavor. so moist. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, beautiful, creamy, citrusy, all everything that you would love. Are you talking about yourself or the chicken? Because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Both. What about you? What did you eat? What did I eat? I um, or enjoy? I guess would be the better. Uh, I went with something simple this week. I really enjoyed it. It's. Normally, because I'm always rushing off to work in the morning, I, I need something quick and easy to make. So I always prep breakfast ahead of time. And this week, I I normally don't do this, but I decided to make a casserole-esque dish. Ooh. It's real interesting. Ooh. So normally, my mornings, I've been getting a handful of spinach 
protein powder, almond milk, banana, and a frozen banana, and I blend it together as a smoothie. That's not the dish I'm talking about, but that's usually what I have before. And then I'm around 11 o'clock is when I have this dish I prep uh, at work. So I the bottom layer is tater tots or hash brown. Mm. And Where then, do you get those from? That's I'm interested. A grocery store. Mm, just like... Frozen one. Mm. Yeah. And then So you put it at the bottom of like a, an, a baking dish. And then I, in a bowl, I whisk together six eggs, about a, a cup of non-fat Greek yogurt, throw whatever seasonings you want. I chopped up some bacon and some jalapenos, toss it in there, pour it on top of the uh, hash browns, and you bake it for about 40 minutes. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. And then you cut it into like six even squares for the week. And It's like, like a frittata. Yeah. Wow. And so then around 11 o'clock, I usually heat it up in the microwave and I eat it. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's You don't I, eat till 11 in the morning? Well, no, because uh, usually what happens is I, I have my protein smoothie in the morning uh-huh. around 7 o'clock. I have my energy drink around, say, 9 o'clock. Uh-huh. And so the caffeine holds me over over until around 11. And that's when I have my snack of breakfast of like actual food that sounds good frittatas are are frittatas slash casserole breakfast dishes are are delicious i didn't realize like how good it was at first i thought it was really unhealthy but i was like when i think about it i'm like i'm barely having any hash browns in it anyway it's mostly eggs and greek yogurt yeah and it's easy to prep easy to make and it's quick it's even easier if you put parchment paper on the baking dish so you don't even have to wash the baking dish just rinse it maybe but nothing gets stuck or stained at the bottom smart yeah it's it's so good dang well this kind of leads into what we're gonna be talking about today right yes it does actually i'm surprised (laughs) um today's topic we are gonna reverse it up a little bit uh instead normally we talk about the dish and the cultural implications of it i'm gonna flip it on its head a little bit we're going to talk about everyone's favorite fucking meal. Brunch. Mm. Oh, wait. Be careful. You just cursed. Speaking of... Swear my- jar. We need to have a swear jar in here. <laughs> my mom My mom got mad at me uh, the other day because she said I cursed too much. And her exact words, why do you fucking curse too much? <laughs> and I was like, do you, do you not know what you just said? And she's like, yeah, but I'm allowed to fucking curse. Um, so now I have to watch uh, my. What did, what did she say about my cursing though? She said you sounded. She's like Andrew's so nice. He doesn't curse. He's such a nice person. And I was like, well, that's Andrew. I, I don't know. I like to accentuate what I'm saying a little bit. I love that. And I, uh, I'm gonna have some of your chicken parm and lasagna. I know you don't like chicken parm, but give me. I want some of the lasagna. One day, one day you'll come over for dinner, and we'll have some lasagna. She's making lasagna actually tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, Sunday sounds like a good time to yeah. make lasagna. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. You're fine. We're People gonna... cut me off in traffic a lot more than you've cut me off. It's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll refrain from cursing for all of our young viewers. Fuck. <laughs> uh, what is brunch? It's a combination of breakfast and lunch. <laughs> it's not that sophisticated. My favorite. It's my favorite meal. Breakfast, brunch, I could eat at all times of the day. So before we jump into this topic, I'm just curious because I want to know. Everyone's a little differing on this opinion. Are you sweet or are you savory? I, uh, just in general? For brunch. For brunch, I'm a, oh my gosh. Exactly, see? (laughs) All of you don't think about this. It's because you're like, oh, I kind of want that that stuffed French toast. Yeah. But also I want that sandwich. Yeah. It depends. Because, I mean, last week, remember we talked about um, 
Roscoe's or mm-hmm. Tuesday Roscoe's chicken and, and waffles, right? That's a, a sweet, savory mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could I could pick a, a waffle with syrup. I love chocolate chip pancakes, which is sweet. Um, but then also, you get into eggs, sausage omelets, mm. uh, um, sausage sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches, breakfast yeah. sandwiches in general, burritos. Um, exactly. I, I can't choose. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you're literally a flabbergasted me. That's that's the dilemma we all run into. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Here's the trick, because I know the sweet dish is usually like a French toast, pancakes, or waffles. Mm-hmm. I order one for the table. Smart. That's a, that's a Vincent Randall. That's my dad move right there. You're just pulling a dad move. I, I pulled. The, I'm a dad. Wow. <laughs> I pull a dad move. We're gonna share this together, and we're gonna eat it. Yeah. Yes, we share it because I know. Everyone wants yes, a bite of that sweet true. dish. It's true. But I don't want a whole sweet dish to myself. Yes. I'm a savory boy at heart. Do you, I want that sandwich. Yeah, me too. I think that's a, that's a good point. Do you and um, Eileen share a sweet no, dish? No, we share it's, nothing. Yes. I, I have my own plate. You have your own plate of food. That's it. Well, because Sarah and I try to do that, like, uh, order, like, a, a pancake in between us. But, like, we never can finish it. And we never even start on it. So it's just kind of a waste of a, a chocolate chip pancake in the middle of us. If we're going out for brunch, if it's just the two of us, it depends. Sometimes I'll order it because yeah. it de- I can eat a lot. You're yeah. going to be surprised when we go out to eat. I eat a lot. <laughs> no, I've, um, I've seen it. I've seen it. I can – sometimes we'll order it depending on what we're feeling. Sometimes we'll order that like that, sav- or that yeah. sweet dish to share. Yeah. She's also a savory girl, uh, so she'll get her savory dish. I'll get my savory dish. For these sweet dishes, what do you usually – ordering are you usually like stuffed french toast like you talked about are you ordering a pancake with chocolate chips or blueberries or what, what it's got to it? be something unique that i haven't seen before mm-hmm. for me to like want to order it so like uh there's this place one of my favorite restaurants uh along the south coast by uh newport off 17th street or by 17th street toast kitchen Have oh you... yeah yeah i love their food there it's so good oh i went Cocktails there with you amazing. Yes. I went there with you, and you got the grits. The, yes, shrimp and the, grits. The shrimp and grits so for breakfast, good. and it was delicious. Uh, the savory or the sweet dish that at that place, it's like an ube French toast. Oh so God. I will order that for the table because I don't want a whole ube French toast to myself. That's so sweet. I had the most delicious ube pancake cake, or it was a cake. I think it, it was, they call it pot pot call it a pancake, but it's yeah, really a cake. it was in uh, when I went to San Francisco. It was I've never had it before, mm-hmm. ube before. It was so moist, so delicious, such a distinct flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to get it. Where can I get it here? Do you know? Literally any Asian part of town, you can get it. You go to a boba shop, you can get it. Is it a uh, fruit? It's like a it's like a potato. Okay, like a, a sweet potato. Mm, it was so good. All right, I'm going to expand your palate. I'm going to take you... Or yeah, we're going to find an ube matcha latte. Ooh. I'm, that sounds I'm really excited. sweet, but yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, I love... I don't know. Yeah, I so... Can't get over but it, if it's like a like a normal waffle or a normal pancake, we won't order that. Yeah. Because it's like, meh, I can get that anywhere. But if it's something like a cinnamon roll f- pancake, yes. then yes. Which we used to get by, at this place where we first... Uh, our first apartment, there used to be this cinnamon roll. Only on Fridays, which is weird. Friday mornings. They would have the cinnamon roll pancake, and it was like the the cinnamon was like spun in it, and it was all crispy and and uh, sugary. And um, oh, give me they, one right now. It sounds yeah. so good. Oh, you're it was so up. good. Oh. Yeah, it was so good. Sorry, that was like a whole. I didn't think we'd go down the wormhole, but I was just curious because again, a lot of people savory sweet. It's no one, no one ever chooses both. Yeah, 
it's it's a hard. I mean, for breakfast specifically. Yeah, because again, like in everyday in everyday um, options, I think I'm more a sweet person because I love I love cookies, I love milk, I love cake. I love did all you that. call milk sweet, or did you mean cookies, like cookies and milk? Cookies and milk. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, did you just get <laughs> the combination? Um, but like, I I I in, I would choose a sweet dish because I'm a, a, a big sweet boy. boy. Yeah, You're a sweet, sweet boy. boy. Yeah. Uh, brunch is a meal sometimes accompanied by alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. It's typically served between 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and is understood to be somewhere between late morning and early afternoon. Mm-hmm. The idea of it really started as English feasting after a hunt. So that's why you have like that large oh. kind of like layout of like pastries and juices and just savory dishes yeah. right after because it would be right after like a hunt. And it'd be oh, so they would, it's they like would a social all, gathering. Yeah, they would all meet up. Some people would go and hunt for whatever, rabbit, mm-hmm. deer, whatever. And then when they came back, they would all, all Enjoy. gather and eat. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it also, there's another story for the start of brunch comes from the Catholic tradition of fasting before attending church. So there's why we got the, uh, the term church brunch. So people would go to church, then have brunch right after. And there's always that church crowd. Yeah, because church is, what, around 10 a.m., I think, 10 to 11, uh, back in the day when I used to go, and then you'd eat after. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh. And then another origin story would be New Yorkers. They were the ones to have started the concept of brunch, uh, and that's why, actually, it's named one of the best cities to have brunch. And from the loose research I did on this was, it's really hard to find. I typed in best cities to have brunch, and it just... <laughs> Gave you spots around the world, uh, yeah. but spots around the, the country, but New York, San Francisco, Atlanta, Las Vegas. I have a theory. You know why? Mm. Those are the places. Easy to move, move around. Right there's there's pr- transportation. Right because like you said before, brunch comes with drinking mimosas, some sort of delicious cocktail like Andrew made me with uh, what kind of liquor? Oh, I made a carajillo, which is. Espresso or coffee mixed with liquor 43. Yeah. Um, so you're drinking, you're eating, but then, you know, usually when you do brunch experiences with friends, you keep going. The day continues. And I believe New York, San Francisco specifically, you could like take a train somewhere, take a bus somewhere. That's, that's an interesting concept because yeah. when I was doing this research, brunch is more prevalent in the coastal area, coastal cities. Uh huh. So West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, it's still relatively new and so. Um, not as well known yet or as not as popular there, you can't there, find as many brunch spots because okay you go in a square mile of Los Angeles yeah, a square mile everywhere. of New York there's, it's yeah, everywhere yeah. the reason honestly is probably because it's just a bunch of rich bicoastal people who don't go to work ever and then that, or, start their, or start their days well, later well that's another thing because brunch is uh, we'll get into the history a little bit but it is considered like an, it's an, an expensive thing you have mm-hmm. to go out and pay for this uh, experience with mm-hmm. friends but still it's at the end of the day that's what it is and it, it's an experience to socialize and talk to your friends and hang out with them because during the week monday through friday most people are working nine to five yeah. they're not able to really see their friends so brunch is this time where you're paying to like socialize with your friends and like yeah. get to see them over a meal it's my favorite i love it i love brunch so much i'm so excited to do this topic honestly yeah uh so who started the concept of brunch it really came from a gentleman called Guy, called named Guy Beringer. He's a British author, and in a publication called Hunter's Weekly, he wrote the article Brunch 
a plea. That's the title. Brunch colon a plea. Yeah. Oh, interesting. This is a this work. Uh, this article is now considered public domain. Really. And it's, if you go on Wikipedia, I know that's not the best source, but if you go on Wikipedia, it is a public domain and it shows, cites the whole article. It's like maybe two paragraphs long. Did you read it? I read it. What does it talk about? It talks about why brunch should be a, like it should be a thing. One oh. of my favorite quotes of it from it is to be fashionable nowadays we must brunch this article came out in 1895 by the way i'm sorry i forgot to bring it up this guy sounds like a sassy bitch 1895 dang he's right though that's how long i'm sure the concept of brunch came before that but this was the first time in writing publication the word brunch was out there So to be fashionable nowadays, we must brunch. I want to get that tattooed on me somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> he so is get, a we sassy get that bitch. On the back of our, our wall right here. Yeah. <laughs> and Beringer argued for a meal between regular times of breakfast and lunch on Sundays that would connect people to each other. Forget getting up early on Sunday and making life quote unquote making life brighter for Saturday night carousers. So long story short. He kind of just wants a meal for people who want to sleep in on Sundays. That's me. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly what brunch is for. People mm-hmm. who sleep in on Sundays. And he was making an argument for it again in 1895. Wow. He's early. The He's... true the true millennial. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because I, when I think of brunch, it's my favorite meal. Or breakfast is my favorite meal. So it's a combination of, of breakfast and then also drinking. Uh, I hate going and drinking at night. Uh, yeah, I love too. day drinking because then I could just get home and go to sleep. That's right. exactly why you day drink. <laughs> yeah. You day drink so you don't have to like stay up late. Yes. And so brunch is my favorite because it's a combination of both eating, drinking, and then like you said, socializing with friends, being with people, uh, the sun's out. It's a good time. I've always, and it's, it sounds so weird, but I've always wanted to try to go to brunch by myself just to see the looks. I'm used to dining by myself. Yeah. But going to brunch by yourself seems like such a f- weird concept because again, you go to brunch to socialize. Yeah. So going to brunch by yourself, just having like... Order a bottleless mimosa for yourself. Just, yeah, a bottle of mimosa just to yourself and having French toast. That's either a guy or girl living their best life. Yeah. Or they're just really sad. <laughs> it's or both. Two, it's two ends of the spectrum. This is the one day that they can be happy. Yeah. Guy Bringer made the case that post-church brunch Sunday meals shouldn't be long, multi-course meals of heavy meats and cheeses. But instead, a lighter fare served late in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, his quote was, Brunch is cheerful, sociable, and inciting. It is talk compelling. It puts you in a good temper. It makes you satisfied with yourself and your fellow beings. <laughs> it sweeps away the worries and cobwebs of the week. Oh my God, this guy is speaking my language. I'm telling you, this is... like He understands what brunch is, and he really put it down like, yeah. Guys... This is brunch. This is what we do brunch yeah. for. Wow. And I'm excited. So that's uh, that's really... It's true, though. It is a good wash of, of the whole week, of your whole, like, stressful work week. That one... Because then you're allowed to sleep in on Saturday. You're allowed to uh, go into the weekend very slow. But then you are able to celebrate, in quotation marks, celebrate or wash away your stress by, by eating and by hanging out and by making this whole festival type thing. The thing about brunch, though, is got to be responsible. Yeah. Because... You can't go too hard. You can't go too hard or else you're going to use that sick day yeah. on Monday. <laughs> and that's what I, like, try to balance because... Yeah. Especially my, as you get older. Oh, yeah, no. I warn myself. And whenever there's a second location involved, yeah, that, that's a red flag immediately yeah. because 
that involves more danger that you don't need. How long are your hangovers now? I will not talk about that. It's like a two two to three day experience. It's it's the worst. It's so bad. It's the worst. It, the whole day is a wash. Yeah. That's that's why yeah. you got to be careful. Brunch on Sunday. Yeah. Brunch on Saturday. I'll go balls to the yeah, wall to. and I'll just go nuts. Yeah. I'll even lead. I'll tire out around like two three. Mm-hmm. Sleep a little bit and then get back up and rally around like <laughs> seven. Yes. Yeah. That, if, if, if that's a thing. I'm the opposite. I'll just I'll go till four and then you won't see me outside of my house oh. i'll disappear i'm like a little no, hermit. I'm, I'm gonna drag you out uh so that's kind of like the idea of who started brunch was this guy named guy bringer and again he really understood and preached the idea of brunch um now we're going to jump into what really started it off and how did it start taking off uh in the u.s specifically Brunch started to become a trend and a thing in the U.S. around the 1930s when Hollywood stars took trains from New York to California. They would traditionally stop around Chicago in the late morning, get a meal in, and around that area, hotels started to take notice like, oh, they're coming around this time. Oh, wow. So we're going to start serving these dishes around this time. Wow. And then a little bit later, hotels noticed, oh, restaurants are closed on Sundays. Let's capitalize on this. And they started serving brunch on Sundays mm. because there was nothing open. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and so that's why we started getting these restaurants more open on Sundays because people were making money off it and business off of it. Wow. And, you know, at the end of the day, capitalism always wins. Uh, it's just fascinating. Just, have, have just the way trends work because they notice a need and they filled it in almost immediately yeah yeah and then after the 30s the next kind of like iteration of brunch that really took off was post-world war ii which is what we mentioned last week oh yeah anytime world war ii is mentioned coming back it is things change yeah things change uh food 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 starts to become a thing yeah a new dish uh is 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 found it's just crazy like how globalization how traveling opens people's ideas and Mm -hmm. palettes and wallets and everything when post the one war- benefit of globalization, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> post World War II, folks were heading to church less, and were looking for something else to do with their time besides sleeping in late. So, more, it wasn't so strict morally. It wasn't you know the traditional conservative values that we we like saw at the time. People were starting to loosen up on the, their their morals there, mm. and so the brunch was a time that the people could socialize, hang out, talk to each other. And just uh, spend their time together, I suppose. It's essentially another community, like like church, but with food and drinking. This is a major thing I didn't know, that brunch could also mark a major movement in progress for women in America. Why? It sounds crazy. And it sounds like, oh, it's so that, you know, basic bitches can have their mimosas but it's really more than that i'm included in that description by oh, all of us aren't we all guilty of that to get this idea of like progress from women, we're going to jump before world war ii the idea of a woman eating at a restaurant alone without a man was bananas oh wow okay. it was like who is that slut eating by herself look at her eating by yeah, herself yeah uh 
it was just hard for people to like just see because grasp that yeah. yeah like why was she eating by herself why is no one taking her out to eat uh it especially was hard for working class women to find a place to eat if they didn't bring their own lunch so when they're traveling to the cities to work in these factories and they didn't bring their own lunch it was kind of like hard for them to find a spot to eat without being judged so they always had to bring their own food most of the time uh, they had there were a few places that were convenient, affordable, and met with middle class standards of feminine feminine decency. But again, eating alone even at these places really like were frowned upon. Mm. Uh, women were welcomed at lunch counters, but they were really crowded and would risk their own reputation. So why why yeah. go against the grain? Yeah, it wasn't until 1907. Harriet Stanton Blatch, the daughter of Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Hetty Wright Graham, sued Hoffman House Restaurant for refusing to seat them. Do you think they won that case? Was it three people? Like it a was whole two. family? It was two. Harriet Stanton Blatch and Hetty White or Wright Graham. And these are two women. Yeah. Uh, they lost for sure. They definitely yeah. lost. Yeah. Uh, they lost the case because, you know, it was an all-male jury. Yeah. Uh, jury of your peers. Yeah. And they said, no eating alone, you harlots. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was at that time New York started shifting, and they tried to pass a bill that would allow women equal accommodations with men in public places. Ultimately, the, pil- the bill did not pass, but it kind of showed that there was progress. People were starting to be open a little more to the concept of mm. women eating alone. And realizing that that idea was kind of antiquated. That's wild. There was a a, a pre world where like you weren't allowed. I just never mind. I couldn't imagine. I yeah, I, I mean, even talk about it. I mean, we're both two guys, and it was just hard to imagine just even eating alone and like having it being frowned upon or being shamed for it. Yeah, it's just crazy. You fast forward to the '30s and '70s. Brunch then became marketed. As a meal of convenience, and it's could be because you're paying for one meal instead of two, mm. and you don't have to wash as much or cook as much, so that's it's just a thing that's that's happening. And the '40s is really what we see an introduction of marketing to brunch to women. We see an introduction of marketing to brunch as a Mother's Day concept. Mm. You're smiling. Why, yeah. why are you smiling? That's what you always do. You always go to brunch for Mother's Day. I used to work at multiple restaurants where. It, the, the restaurant would be full for Mother's Day parties and celebrations of, of their mothers, motherhood, all that type, type of stuff. It's crazy that we've that marketing 1940s yeah. to like almost 100 years later. Yep. Still still working. Yep. Father's Day is not the same, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because the idea of brunch, it's so deeply ingrained in like our society and our brains. It was kind of the idea of, oh, we're giving mom a break from domestic chores. <laughs> She doesn't have to cook. She doesn't have to clean. Here you go. Yeah. And if you think about a Father's Day, fathers are just usually by the fire grilling. Yeah. Or the the mothers are cooking. Yeah. And so having the brunch was so that mom didn't have to cook. Mom didn't have to. She could take a break for the day. And even if the kids were to do something nice, like say make pancakes for her, they're not going to clean up no, those dishes. Mom's going to clean up those dishes. So this idea was to help kind of. Say, oh, well, take a break from all those chores and enjoy yourself. Mm. And as you noted, the most popular day for brunch, Mother's Day and Easter. Yep. Because it's a church. 
Yeah. Easter Sunday. It yeah. is. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that was really crazy to like really dive into. Because we would, we would specifically at BJ's restaurant, we would like prepare for the church rush for the, the church goers to come in after, after 11. Um, and we'd be packed for like those first four hours after church. And then after that, the whole day would be, be coast. Yeah. Wow. And it was mainly, mainly breakfast orders, breakfast sandwiches, all that pancakes, all that stuff. Now we're fast forwarding to the 60s. Women brunched because they were working Monday through Friday and they got time to socialize. This is like their time to socialize and drink with their friends, really unwind after the week. The Cosmo editor, Helen Gurley Brown, once wrote, brunch is a wonderful way for a single girl to entertain. And this really pushed the idea of a single woman day drinking and it just blew the heads off a lot of people at the time because it changed the social norms. Yeah. Of a woman. This is what, the 60s? Yeah. Wow. Woman drinking By during the day. Oh, hell no. That's, they're like, what is <laughs> this? me. And that's why, like, again, you're seeing this push of, like, it's, women can finally start dining alone and they're day drinking, pushing the social norms of, like, oh, what is it, what is it the right thing to do for, as a woman or what can or cannot, a woman cannot do? Um, all this to say, if you're brunching, you're a feminist. Mm, bastards. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, that's true, though, because it is, especially, you know, working in the industry, you do see mostly groups of women during the brunch times, which I always found very... It is weird, huh? Weird, because I was like, I love brunch. Like, why would you not go to brunch? But the uh, societal norms is, like, they serve fruity drinks... Yo. Uh, mimosas, all that fun stuff. So, like, men don't drink mimosas. That type I love, like, read this article and I think one of my friends shared it with me. Guys will avoid certain drinks in certain glasses. Yeah, of course. I don't give no, a No, I don't shit. care. If it, if it tastes good, who cares? I'll drink a, a what did we have? A lava flow at, at DJ's? The lava flow sounds amazing. <laughs> who doesn't love, fine, sit over there making yeah. a face with your whiskey's neat. Yeah. I'll have that every once in a while. Yeah. But if you give me coconut, pineapple, yeah. and a little bit of strawberry, let me let yeah. me let me suck that down. It's so good. <laughs> let me drink that. It's so good. But yeah, so this the idea that it's like a very uh, like you said feminist um, uh, experience with like the fruitiness, the the you know you wear like your sundress that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. just, it's interesting. Yeah, where it's, that it's developed from because I feel like again, yes, we rarely see a group of guys. Go to brunch by themselves. Yeah, male straight male guys. It is weird. <laughs> I mean, I would I hit my phone up. Any of my friends, yeah. I will happily go to brunch. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. Yeah, we'll order we'll order a side of French toast. Yeah, I'll have I won't have a mimosa to be honest. I'll have a coffee cocktail. Mimosa, I'm not a fan of champagne. That's a problem. I'll have multiple mimosas. I'll do bottomless for myself if I have to. Uh, champagne's just not my thing. That's a problem. <laughs> it gets uh, you sleepy, but it works. What is your favorite, like, hands down of all time, brunch dish? Like, you know, this rest- most restaurants have this. That's tough. Um, I usually just do uh, a breakfast burrito um, if they have it. I know a lot, not a lot of places, most places have breakfast burritos, and that's because I love breakfast burritos. I could eat them all day, every day. But it's usually the, the cheapest thing on the menu. Usually, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a, it's the most bang for your buck. You're getting all that Walked. food, uh, usually eggs, potatoes, meat, all inside one delicious uh, tortilla. Second dish would be um, eggs Benedict. 
and uh, because I love ham, I love bread, and I love hollandaise sauce. It's so good. Yeah, it's, and it's actually not that hard to make hollandaise sauce. It isn't. No, which I was very surprised. You uh, to you you picked up on what I was putting down right there. <laughs> The Eggs Benedict is the the history of the food I'm about to jump in. I know oh, we're deep in the, in the episode already, but Eggs Benedict is traditionally seen as a uh, a brunch dish. I'm trying to think, like, would I have Eggs Benedict as a breakfast? I probably would. Yeah, I don't just see why normally, not. you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah you why could. not? Yeah, it's pretty good. I love all the variations on it. There's Eggs Florentine with added spinach. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, lobster and eggs or crab and eggs. <sighs> Those are rich. Or a crab's yeah. egg Benedict. Yeah, yeah, like a. Are you talking about with like a crab cake? Uh, both. There's a crab cake, and then there's one. It's schooner later if you've ever been yeah. in in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do like I, I believe crab, uh, fake crab or lobster, like as like a base, oh. and, and then the bread on the bottom of that. Damn, that yeah. is very fancy. It's really good. It's really good. It's so good, and there's plenty of variations on this one, but avocados, sausage, bacon, Benedicts. Yeah, it's it goes forever. So what we're talking about today is just the traditional Eggs Benedict. It's a common American breakfast or brunch dish consisting of two halves of an English muffin, each topped with Canadian bacon, a poached egg, and hollandaise sauce. It was popularized in New York City. Whoa. So New York is credited with oh, wow. this. Quick history on hollandaise. I mean, it's a really interesting piece. Francois-Pierre de la Varenne. <laughs> In his cookbook, La Cuisinière Francois, it translates to the true French cook, published in 1651. Francois is the chef that originated and created this dish. Originally, it was called Sauce Insigne, named after the Insigne Sur Mer in Normandy. Oh my gosh. Which is known for its butter. Uh, Normandy is now known as the cream capital of France, but during World War I, France had to stop producing butter and it was imported from Holland. Thus, the name Hollandaise. Oh my gosh! And wait, when was this? What year did you say Hollandaise? Sixteen fifty-one. Okay, so it's been a, long so it's been a, while. Been a while. I wonder yeah. what they must have used it for beforehand. A bunch of other stuff. I mean, I'm sure that's a history because there's like Bernays. There's like Bernays sauce. There's the, the five. I forget the five mother sauces. Yeah, and I forget. I don't know the names. Bernays, Hollandaise, and regular sauce. Are you naming all my my pet names? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Sixteen, and then so that's why Holland days. So smart. Wow. Yeah, I mean, even after after World War One, Normandy started producing butter again. They still consider they still call it Holland days. Mm. Um, so that combo. Do you know when that combo happened between the Benedict and Holland days, or am I jumping ahead? You are jumping right into my next topic. Oh, actually, so. hopping right along. Yes. Who created the eggs Benedict? There are a couple theories on how it got its start. We're going to start with the Delmonico's restaurant theory. According to this theory, Eggs Benedict started in 1860 when Mrs. Le Grand Benedict, a frequent at Delmonico's, grew tired of the menu. She talked to the chef Charles Ranhofer, and he just put this dish together. <laughs> he was like, you know what, I have these ingredients, and we'll just put them together. Wow. According to this theory, the recipe was added to the Epicurean, a cookbook about 120 years ago. Uh, this cookbook would help other chefs learn to make dishes and serve them in their own restaurants. So, mm. like any traditional dish, you're like, mm. oh, you want to learn how to make it? Look at the Epicurean. Oh, it's like the bar book. There's a bar book like yeah. that, too. It's originally called Eggs a la Benedict, but then changed to Eggs Benedict. Mm. I tried to look for this cookbook and this recipe, and I couldn't find anything. And I 
spent 30 minutes. To be, to be honest, <laughs> I spent 30 minutes looking for it, so it really wasn't hard. Yeah. But I just couldn't find it. And I'm usually pretty good at finding things on Google. Yeah. Uh, the next theory is the Lemuel Benedict theory, 1894. So this one is, I'd say, a couple years after the Demonicos theory. Lemuel Benedict was hungover and needed something to eat at the Waldorf, Waldorf Hotel. It's the same hotel, Waldorf Astoria in New York. Mm. He ordered buttered toast, poached eggs, crisp bacon, and hollandaise sauce. And the chef, Oscar Chersky, liked this combo so much. He loved it, and he, but he made a couple of tweaks to it. He substituted the Canadian bacon and English muffin in for that dish. Oscar Shursky will probably cover this maybe when we run out of topics, but he was the one who created the Waldorf salad, AKA the fruit and nut salad. Ugh. I know it's so gross. I've never liked fruit salad. Never liked salad. <laughs> it's generally made of celery, fresh apples, walnuts, and grapes dressed in mayonnaise and traditionally served on a bed of lettuce as an appetizer or a light meal. Mm. The apples and celery and grapes can be all green, which kind of harmonizes the, the color palette on the dish. Sounds gross. Yeah, I wouldn't be ordering that, mm. especially for a, a meal. Like what? It's a light a meal waste. or an appetizer? It's just a waste, yeah. If someone ordered that as an appetizer, I can consider that a, like a threat to war. <laughs> that's, that's an act of aggression right there. The American Egg Board supports the Le Mail Benedict theory and as him being the creator of the Eggs Benedict. This Waldorf guy? Yes. Okay. So it's supported by that because I think they just don't find any credibility within the story of Delmonico's. I, mm. There's no trace of it. That's the problem. What's interesting, and I don't know if you looked this up or we could talk about this later, but um, the poached egg concept is this. So this person, Waldorf, was just making eggs and found this was the best, best way to... Yeah, no. So the, so the theory was Lemuel Benedict was hungover and he ordered a po- or buttered toast, a poached egg, bacon, and hollandaise sauce and just put it together himself. Oh. He just needs something for his hangover. Oh. And you know what? Eggs Benedict is good for a hangover. Yes, it is. It is very good. <laughs> but just the, the way to create it is like almost impossible. It's very hard to create. It's a very delicate um, dish in mm-hmm. regards to poaching an egg in regards to not breaking your hollandaise sauce yes um also your english muffin has to be really good it can't be the ones from albertson's that aren't very good yes and so the the chef saw that and just swapped out the bacon and the bread for english muffin and canadian bacon Mm. uh fun fact april 16th is national eggs benedict day really that's according to google i have no idea we missed it we did uh, that's the uh, whole history of brunch and uh, eggs Benedict. Mm, two of my favorite things. I'm I know happy it's you covered so them. good. Yeah, breakfast in general is just my. I can have breakfast at all times. Yes, I can always uh, enjoy a good breakfast burrito. Yeah, yeah, breakfast burger. Yeah. Well, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Let us know in the comments, in email, in the reviews. What is your favorite brunch item? Ooh. Do you guys like sweet? You guys like savory? Ooh, yeah, I like that one. We should do that on Instagram. Yeah. Sweet, sweet or savory? Are you a sweet or savory person? Uh, I'm a savory boy. You're a savory boy? Team savory over yeah. here. Well, just in general or just brunch? Or, well, we talked about that. In brunch. general. In general, yeah. Yeah, in general, I love savory. I'm a sweet guy. I like, uh, that's kind of how we compliment each other. Yes. You, you, balance, <laughs> you balance me out. Yeah. Well, guys, leave a review. Subscribe, Gra- subscribe. Grab a plate. Fill up on knowledge. 
and we'll see you again next week. Yum. Yum.